Welcome to the 79th serving of the first <coughs> podcast. Happy New Year. My name is Robert Shinesky, the supplement engineer. Joining me as always for the first day of 2022 is my international band of misfits in Robert Samborski, Apollo Nutrition, Lucas Rikowski, Prometheus Intelligence Sports Technology, Lord Shane Smith, stack.com. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Happy freaking New Year. Hope you had a wonderful uh, 2021 New Year's Eve celebration. You're not too hungover this morning. Joining us uh, and enjoy lots of good fun food and football today for New Year's Day. Uh, you got any questions, comments, queries, quips, smart ass remarks, post them up in the comments question. We'll answer anything and everything during the next two hours or so that we are with you. Uh, hey guys, happy new year. Good to happy see you all year. again. Happy new year. I, I, do, I do unfortunately have to leave halfway through. As your lordship would, would be fit for. <laughs> I, I have a uh, we we have to be somewhere at at twelve, I believe. Mm-hmm. What time is and it now? Somewhere. Where you are? What time? Fucking time is it? Quarter past eight. eight. It's almost eight. It's it's eight o'clock at so, your time. Eight twelve in New Zealand. So if I if I if I leave, if I get off the podcast around nine, mm-hmm. that means I'll probably get off the podcast at like nine thirty, and that that's that's the aim. That works. Well, whenever you got to jump off, man, feel free to. We won't uh, tether you to our uh, craziness here. Uh, so, yeah, how is news? I was talking with Lucas before we started the podcast. What is the New Zealand antics like? Is it a big deal for y'all in New Zealand, Chinks? Since y'all kind of get it like a day before all of us. So it's already January 2nd where you are. So is, is New Year's Eve a big thing for y'all? I guess so. I mean, I was still working because America was still New Year's Eve Eve. So Correct, yeah. I didn't really take any time off. Yeah. Any fire? Like, do y'all do fireworks? Or can y'all do fireworks? Oh, yeah. I don't do fireworks, but, like, people do. Like, the yeah. city had, like, a whole display, and, I don't know. It was all right. It's just, just another year. I stay up until, like, 1 o'clock in the morning every night anyway, so staying up to, like, see the new year wasn't any different. Right. Robbie, how about y'all? Well, uh, that's the only thing I think that we still do, kind of, like, according to the... Russian or like post-Soviet Union tradition and I think like the, the, the Russian speaking population all over the world they do the same yeah. and that's like probably the biggest night or day mm-hmm. you know on, on in that region where that's when you actually ex- uh, exchange gifts because uh, mostly the Russians are Orthodox so they uh, uh, Christmas is actually on January 6th mm-hmm. and but they don't exchange gifts uh, like the Catholics do on, you know, on the 25th, uh, on Christmas, they exchange gifts once, you know, midnight, New Year's Eve, you know, that's when they exchange gifts. So it's like a whole big tradition and it, it's a big deal, like very, very big deal. But, uh, uh, and usually it's like families and friends get together and they exchange gifts, have a big dinner. So it's kind of like a Christmassy thing, but it's non-religious. Gotcha. Do y'all do fireworks at your place or anything like that? Or do you, what kind of food uh, do y'all cook? Yeah, we, we don't, but there's usually like a huge table and we stay, you know, I mean, as late as possible. It's it's like a little get together, but it's more like cozy. It's not like a big ass party. Uh, it's just like people are getting together, friends and family, eat a lot, exchange gifts at midnight, uh, uh, watch some music awards, usually like Russian television. They have a lot of those. And uh and that's it. But uh, it's more like family kind of fun together rather mm-hmm. than a big party. Um, yeah. Not like, you know, like they do on Times Square where they go and just like jump up and down and watch for the ball to drop. 
I guess everybody has like their own tradition, I would say. Yeah. We growing up, we lived on a dead end street or a street like that backed into a canal in Louisiana. Um and it was we would do we would basically blow up the end of the block with fireworks. So like my dad and the neighbor next to us would get all these fireworks. We'd have a couple of other people can so doing fireworks was always a big thing for us. Um watching the ball drop, I've never I never yeah, got, I into, never that. got I into that TV and watch it happen. I just and I understand some people do it. Maybe if you're in person, it's kind of a cool thing. But I always like just, you know, blowing shit up on New Year's yeah, Eve. Yeah, no, I agree with you because, like, you know, on one hand, I come off as somebody who would – I really don't give a shit what people do. Uh, you know, everybody yeah. has their own tradition, religion, so I don't judge. Mm-hmm. But I do come off as I am because I like for anything to make common sense. And I never understood – and again, personally, I never understood the fun – about the ball dropping like i it never like i lived in uh, close to new york or in new york for the past uh, a lot of years since 97. Mm-hmm. i've never been to times square to watch the ball drop and never yeah. wanted to uh i just never understood why would you go there there is no parking way too many people way too crowded and i was always thinking like what if you want to fucking pee or something like what do you do you know it just there is no food there is no drinks it's freezing cold and you're just watching for those like few seconds to watch the ball drop. Like mm-hmm. it never made sense to me. You know, I'm Jewish, so you, in the Jewish religion, when two people get married, they break the glass. You know, they, right. they so it symbolizes like, okay, you got married, kiss the bride, and stuff like that. I never understood that either. But at least it's like fun to watch, and like you know, it symbolizes something, and you get to kiss or something. But the ball drop, I, it, I, I, I just don't get it. Like, I, I honestly don't get not the fun in it, not what it symbolizes, not anything like that. But then again, I always question, you know, like people, Happy New Year. And, you know, we're going to kill it in 2022. We're going to kill it in 2020. Why can't you fucking kill it this year? Like, you yeah, know, I always... In the moment. In the moment. Like, why are you giving yourself the same goal, New Year resolution? I'm going to get in shape in, you know, starting January 1st. Why the fuck are you a fat fuck, you know, during the year? Like, what? There we go. Yeah, but think about it. It's just about common sense. And again, not hating. I mean, if that works for you, no problem. But it just never, I never understood that. Yeah. Happy New Year to all of you in the uh, the comments section. Mitch, Alex, David, Jiffy. There's a couple other people lurking back there that haven't posted anything yet. But if you guys got anything... Uh, make sure if it seems like it's not getting through, just housekeeping matters. Keep posting it. We're not ignoring or avoiding anything. Uh, just sometimes YouTube gets stupid and doesn't display everything. So if you put something up here and I haven't seen it yet, uh, keep re-entering it. But as of right now, we've gotten everything there. Um, Shane, what is the busiest time of the year for the, the news feed? Like is the typically just the, the way I'm looking for it is, you know, in from like the, the engineering side of things or you know most normal businesses kind of shut down the last two years or so so when we were doing jobs for the the oil companies they took off so i, I was getting paid you know i was just billing shell of chevron whatever oil companies working for 40 hours a week to sit and you know twiddle my thumbs basically in the office uh what what about you like i, I know there's been a few projects like apollon's been releasing some stuff steadily through the holiday season but on your end how is it typically, and does, is this kind of a dead spot right now, or do you have just basically littered with a ton of like weight loss supplement stuff? Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty relaxed right now. Mm-hmm. I don't really. I mean, it's maybe like seven to ten stories a day rather than ten to twelve. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still a lot of shit coming out. Europe doesn't seem to give a fuck when, like, any time of year. 
mm-hmm. Christmas, New Year's, Thanksgiving, Easter. It's always, it's always happening for them. They ain't slowing down. But yeah. like, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people. But then at the same time, those companies are probably still working on stuff. It's just maybe their social media department or their hype department just took a week off or something. Mm-hmm. Or they're saving it. So it's, it's pretty quiet, which is good because I don't want to do a lot right now. With handy. That is. Um, one thing I was curious about, a story that popped up on Stack 3D yesterday. Uh, let me share my screen and we can get, everybody can see what in the world's going on. I wonder this. if it's the one I think it is. Me too. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what what was this about? TJ's uh, not working with um, ProSubs anymore. Yeah, I guess, like, did he contact you? Did ProSubs reach out and say, hey, we've kind of got it this way? Or how did you, you know, get... No, I've known get... TJ for, like, shit. Five, six years. Everyone um, knows uh, TJ. Right. Yeah. If you're in the industry, you know TJ. Yeah. Yeah. He was just, he just hit me up, and, I mean, I didn't tell the whole story here. I know obviously what's about to happen why i found out what's about to happen so like when i wrote this when he asked me like do you think it's worth sharing i was like well obviously it's gonna be something worth sharing or it's gonna lead to something Mm -hmm. otherwise he wouldn't be teasing or hyping it right so i i found out eventually where after this i found out where he's going and what's happening so which you cannot uh leak that yet i'm assuming i mean it's meant to be coming out today so hmm. i was sort of like it it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting so it's it, well, it'll be a big announcement when it whenever it lands whenever he announces it or makes it public meant, yeah again it meant to be today but i don't know he put together a whole like hype video and everything and i was like oh shit that's why i was kind of like okay so maybe it's and I mean, he took pro subs from whatever it was to whatever it is now, right? Which is no small feat, regardless of whether or not you like the supplements. Like that's insane. And um, so you would you would think wherever he goes, he's gonna have some sort of notable effect. Yeah. So I would think, yeah, that, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. He did say that he is still like an owner in ProSups. Mm-hmm. So he's just, I, I'm assuming he's like not the, the CEO position anymore. He's just a partner um, in it or something like that. He's just, yeah, staying on as an owner and then this other brand. Interesting. Interesting. Any thoughts, guys? Um, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I like what, what TJ said, uh, what TJ, sorry, what, uh, what Shane said is that basically, you know, it won't be a story if it was not something that he's building up to, clearly. And I mean, you know, if the guy would leave or, you know, or leave the industry or leave the company, I mean, it's, is it breaking news worthy? Yeah, because, you know, everybody knows who he is, but it's really not a big deal. People leave and people move on and, and so on and so on. I mean, I clearly and actually Shane and I, we talked about this because I said his style of writing and the way he presents everything is definitely something that is um, very crafty and, and very well done. So this story was an obvious 
and again, an obvious hint as that something else is coming up. And Shane is pretty good at hiding secrets because trust me, I know. But uh, he is clearly giving it away without giving it away, which is which is pretty cool because it builds up to something to anticipate. And uh, what I don't know TJ personally, but obviously I know of him and I've heard of him. And uh, again, um, this is a clear indication. I, in my opinion, ProSubs was always a decent brand. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking from uh, formulations to products and, 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 and stuff. You know, it wasn't a hype. I mean, it was something very, very, very solid. It's still solid. And, you know, he obviously achieved a lot with the brand and something that you can, you can respect. So, you know, somebody who made such an impact, clearly, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's worth breaking news as to what's coming next, you know, and, um, and I think it's pretty cool. It, it's pretty cool. I mean, I never understood, like, how can somebody be still an owner of the company and move on to another company? Um, that to me was always a little bit, I mean, you can co-own a few brands, but it was always like very, very strange when I would see somebody getting fired from his own company or something like that. I never understood that. But in this case, I mean, curiosity is there and I think it's worth the breaking news, obviously. So yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Lucas, how is ProSups over in Europe as far as, do they get much traction with the retailers over there? Um, you know what? Back in the days, they were huge, especially you know when the, when they had uh, you know Mr. Jack, Dr. Jack, and Mr. Hyde formulas, and they were like booming, you know. So it was definitely a great line, and many people were you know grabbing onto it. Nowadays, I wouldn't say is super popular. I think that's, you know, due to the change in their uh, marketing approach as well as, you know, formulas and so on. Mm -hmm. Plus, you know, um, due, to the, due to some circumstances, you know, they changed some members in their team. So they got a bit different, you know, I would say management. Mm -hmm. So that also puts a big impact on the entire company and how it involves and, you know, and how it's uh, approached, uh, you know, via, via retailers and distributors. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it that it's growing or it's popular. It's still, you know, it's holding to its name, but... If they won't change the direction on their make, you know, uh, some better moves, I would say, mm -hmm. they they won't last long. So that's just that's yeah. just my approach. Yeah, I agree with Lucas. I think that uh, you know when they came on the scene, they came guns blazing. I mean, the uh, the pre workouts were so fucking strong. For, for that time, I mean, right now it won't be the same. And I think Shane said at one point, you know, something that used to be badass, you know, it evolved today. It's not quite the same. And I like, I actually watched Nick Tregili's uh, video on Jeremy Bondia, who wants to make a comeback. And if you watch Jeremy Bondia, he looks phenomenal. But, um, the you know, the scene has evolved. And he was most likely not even cracked top 10 today for somebody who was a Mr. Olympia for four times. So things are evolving, and I think ProSups, um, 
is definitely not as powerful as they used to be, not even close. I think they lost a little bit of that. Uh, I think that maybe they tried to multitask or they tried to, you know, change the, uh, the management or they tried to maybe appeal to different markets. But, you know, they lost that core that they used to have. And I think that we are dealing with it right now where we are trying to make sure that we remain who we are as a palm evolving but still remaining true to our core and i think that for any company it's very 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 challenging and difficult you know they try to go with uh, different athletes they try to go with different supplements they try to reformulate i think that in a process they kind of lost who you know what made them popular in the first place yeah, and i think and i think that that's the problem you cannot have you know all the slices of the pie it's just it's not doable I think you have to do what works for you without stepping in other territories because you might lose your core following. And I think that that's what happened with them. Nevertheless, they still known. They still, you know, people know uh, the company. I still, they still, they still have presence. It just, I think they lost that pop that made them what they were back in the day. You know, I with Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, I would even call it identity. Yes, correct. So yeah. If you, if you if you lose that, you know, it's hard to get it back. And, you know, in my opinion, you know, they had this this cool vibe that everyone loved. And I remember, you know, like we we talked about this like a few times on on the on other podcasts. You know, when uh, I remember when when I met the you know the Doctor Jekyll and, and Mister Hyde, it was like a such a cool experience. You know, and like everyone was was. Uh, was doing pictures with them both and so on and you know well it was cool you know back in the days and you know the formulas were also you know packed and uh, they, they, they were they were decent you know nowadays you can find their uh, pre-work their products basically everywhere even if I can recall Walmart is stocking them yep. which is which is cool for their brand but at the same time it just shows you know that you know, they have like a different market now, I would say. Mm -hmm. So it's not appealing, I would say, for, for some people, you know, and basically that is why they degraded in some people's eyes, you know. And I, I agree with what Lucas said. So I think it's a very catch-22. If you look at Ratcon, right? I mean, nobody can argue with the fact that Ratcon is this fucking massive giant, mm -hmm. but... Uh, if you go back to what, how Ratcon started, they started as a badass, hardcore, you know, big guys, big, strong dudes, uh, pretty good formulas, very, very good formulas indeed. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, if you look at the same customers who were with Ratcon, cause I know they come to a pound, a pound, even though we have a pound nutrition, we never discriminated or we never like talk shit or to our members that would wear Ratcon hoodies. And God knows we had half of the gym would walk in Ratcon hoodies because they would get them for free. So it's never, it, it was never a problem, but the same people who would walk into a pound today that used Ratcon would say like, yeah, when Ratcon started, they pre-workout was badass, they products were badass, and now it's shit. Uh, I think that, you know, companies sometimes they start one way and then they lose that core and they try and kind of hit the mass market like with Walmart and Costco and whatnot. They still make, from a business perspective, they make shitload of money. They still yeah. are, you know, you know, it's like some people, the hardcore crowd, they would say, oh, optimum nutrition protein is shit. 
Um, depends how you look at it. But in terms of business, they're doing phenomenal business. They're doing great. You know, they, uh, they fucking, they everywhere, they competitively priced and whatnot. So this argument can go on and on and on, which product is good, which brand is shit. But Lucas is right 100%. As if we're taking the business, uh, you know, aside, the business side aside, ProSops has lost without a doubt, I would go and say majority of the original followers of the original guys who used to buy their products because back in the day when they released, which was like what, eight, 10 years ago, I think ProSops came on the scene. They were among the very top hardcore brand without a doubt. Jekyll and Hyde were probably at every gym. Uh, now the same crowd that, I mean, they could have evolved. They could have been competitive with, uh, I don't know, Assassin and, and Crack and all those, you know, more powerful stuff. But they decided to take a step back and, uh, you know, just target the mainstream market and compete probably with the likes of uh, Cellucor and MuscleTech. And that's the route I think that they went with. And uh, but as a result, when you're doing that, you will lose the other followers, you know, the ones who made you popular in the first place. So I think that you lose your identity by trying and to basically, you know, the Russians call it. <laughs> sit with one butt on both chairs you know it's it's not always very very possible and doable and you have to pick and choose yeah to be honest i don't think uh i think proceps probably doesn't like you said the audience is a bit different but i'm taking a wild guess and saying that they're doing pretty fine like they may like seem like they faded in us but, so that's like, right no, that's what I'm saying. Like you're saying, yeah. like oh, they f they faded a bit. They just went mainstream. And when yeah. you, when you yeah. try and target yeah. a mainstream audience, you can't make an Apollo pre workout. No, yeah. and like, then that's what I no said. Major, yeah, no, like no major retailer would sell. Like they have their rules on what ingredients you can use. So if you want to try and fit there, same with Costco, I imagine. Same with Walmart, I imagine. And this is a price point too, from what I remember. Like you have to be at a certain price. You have to have certain ingredients. And then if you want to save money on international, you want to produce a formula that works for everyone. Oh, 100%. When you, when you if do you this stuff, I guess, to make more money, it's yeah, like, I, say, I call it like turning, becoming like a mainstream brand. It's like kind of like what Redcon 1 did. Like you have to make some sacrifices to, uh, you know, get into that area, get into that audience. And I guess that is going to make you a fuckload more money than if you were to try and make, I guess, like a, like a pre-workout that competes with crack. I think some of these guys probably wouldn't give two shits, but they went that route to get the money versus, I guess, or get the uh, growth and expansion versus, I guess, like you said, stay true, like not stay true, but keep on that hardcore sports nutrition audience. And which is fine. decision you make. Yeah, yeah which is fine. But it's not, yeah, yeah, but it's not. Meant, sorry, sorry. Yeah, that's, what meant, that's what I meant. That's what I meant from the start. You know, it's like, you're uh, taking one route and basically, you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. You're going to choose to go mainstream. You need to like, you know, take the risk and you also you need to be aware of the fact that you will lose a lot of people, you know, due to the fact. But on the other hand, you will gain some other crowd, you know, you'll gain a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but there, there there is a little bit you know you're not guaranteed to gain a lot you're not guaranteed to succeed 
So you, you pick and choose. And like I said, yes, you can lose your original core and you can lose your original followers, but you can gain a lot more. And that's what I said, you know, Radcon today is a lot bigger than Radcon was in 2015. But Radcon today more than likely lost the 2015 crowd, most of it at least, which is fine. It's called collateral damage, which is absolutely fine. But then again, you know, most companies, if you ask them, what do you want? Do you want to be the, be the you know, the best, badass uh, brand or you want to make the most money? Most companies, because it is a business, will probably choose the second option. But then you have somebody like, for example, uh, Nutrix. Nutrix also started with very, very like solid, I would say, formulas and solid approach. But they decided to transition and try to be Cellucor and try to be Radcon and try to be maybe even Prosops to an extent. But it definitely, they failed. I mean, you they went a bit back and forth, I think. They, yeah, I think that they... Because they had Hema Rage. Hema Rage was like... They tried to like, sit was, with one button. Blamed, wasn't it? Yeah, they tried to sit with one butt on both chairs, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't work out that way. So sometimes you lose. So you just have to make the decision which way you want to go. So ProSops, without a doubt, probably made more money than originally. In fact, I know they did because uh, I'm pretty good friends with Jason Arns, and he used to work for them as a sales, you know, manager for uh, Northeast. And they made a lot of money, I think, in the third or fourth year where they were already slightly more mainstream than they were originally. So they still succeeded. They just like, like I said, you lose in the process something because you cannot be everywhere. You know, you, you have to make sure, like I'm pretty sure Cellucor C4 doesn't give a shit about Apollon or any of those like, you know, hardcore, better, stronger, more powerful brands because they make an absolute killing. They absolutely make it, you know, they're targeting today market, which is great, you know, and Radcon, you know, I, I saw Garage Gym Junkie just recently posted that he's never going to use Radcon and, you know, the product is not good and whatnot. So, you know, those, and no disrespect, those two and a half followers, they, okay, so they're not going to use uh, Total War, which is fine, but the millions and millions of people around the world will still use it. So, you know... Aaron can be in jail, but he's still going to fucking make shitload of money and be happy after all, because the company is profitable and successful. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy 2022 to the one and only game-changing, thought-leading titan of industry. <laughs> Hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Devin oh. and Zandandito. Thank you guys for chiming in. Uh, Robbie pretty much summed up everybody's New Year's resolutions. Stop hoping to make the next year better and just start doing your shit now. Uh, Sups on deck. So fitness informant named Ghost Brand of the Year, uh, to which Devin responds, I'd rather take advice from Jeffrey Epstein on staying alive in jail versus another <laughs> anything supplement related to FI. Uh, there we go. Uh, you guys have any thoughts? You want to say anything? Oh, this is so, I think, like, you know, recycled already and so discussed. I mean, uh, I'm probably, probably yeah. the, remember what I wrote you? Yeah, the it's, uh, yeah, we, we, I, I personally, I, uh, yeah, with Lucas, Lucas and I talked about it. Listen, should we criticize and talk shit? What's the point? You know, everybody, even, you know, Mitch, who asked the question, he knows the answer to it. We all know the answer to it. 
Uh, I'm going to actually spin it from a different perspective. Uh, we all know why it happened. We know the reason. We know what's behind it. We know everything. So what's the point? However, you know, from, from my personal opinion is Ghost really is one of the top brands in my opinion. You know, whether you like Dan, whether you don't, whether you like the brand, whether you don't like the brand. For me, I mean, actually, Ghost is among the, my preferred brands. Why? Because everything that they release, or most of the things that they release, actually will help with performance. They, they, they actually do put good ingredients. The dosing is always pretty cool. Um, I don't think that, again, this is from personal, and like, I'm trying not to be biased, but uh, I think that they've done better last year and deserved it wholeheartedly last year. I'm not talking about fitness informant. I'm talking in general. They deserved last year to be the best brand of the year, in my opinion. This year, I don't think that they did. Uh, I don't think even close. But they did have a few good releases, nevertheless. Everything that they released, you know, um, clearly, I think is decent. You know, this we did not like. We discussed it. They actually, you know, listened not only to us, but they listened to the audience and they made it better. You have to respect that. They, the pump product is among the best one on the market. You know, it delivers what it's supposed to deliver. They did collaboration with Oreo. Yes, a lot of people said that it doesn't taste like Oreo. I'm one of them doesn't matter you know they went out and they they obviously put an effort into it the space jam not my personal cup of tea but it is a collaboration that they definitely went out there and they did something and the effort is there um i'm against gimmicky and bullshit supplements that don't work and you know try to suck people's money and make claims that are not backed up by science or anything like that ghost is definitely not one of them you know, I'd be lying if I said they are because they're not. They among my favorite ones. So what I'm getting at is that my only wish, and it's a wishful thing, something Daniel Pierce sent me last night uh, about these awards being a complete bullshit, unnecessary, and they don't do much for the brand. And he explained it to me very, very well because he said, if you have to work, meaning pay or campaign or whatever to get an award, but mainly pay, of course, when it, then it's not worth it. You have to win it. He says, if you win it and you deserve it and it comes, you know, unbiased and, and you know, and it comes as an actual award, then it's so much more satisfying and it's so much more, um, you know, um, prestigious for both the person who receives it and for person who gives it, because the person who awards you the award, if he's honest or, you know, or the channel, then people respect that everybody knows corruption and everybody knows when something is not deserved. So you actually, because whatever fitness informant does or prize ball or whatnot, people know, people know, and they talk behind the scenes and they discuss it and they gossip and they make fun and they know what's up. So it kind of loses the credibility, but for, for me personally, if I was Dan or I was Ghost, to me, number one, it doesn't make Ghost more popular. Number two, I'm pretty sure it doesn't add in terms of revenue because I talk to uh, industry insiders, to fans, to customers. I, I talk a lot to people because I want to get their perspective and it's also part of my research, my personal research. Everybody knows what's up. 
everybody. So it doesn't give you the prestige. I think that, you know, companies should stop doing what they're doing in order to get these fake awards because you already have a great product. Ghost is a good brand. They make good products. They do good collaborations. They have very good following. They have respect from, you know, from people in the industry that they actually deserve. They deserve it. You, you can't take it away from them. But I think that this one thing, not from, you know, those guys who are sucking ghost dick and, and stuff like that and, and fitness informant groupies and, and, you know, people that just blind to what's going on, but from real people within the industry, from a real customer, from a real consumer, from a retailer. I got message from, from a retail owner who goes like, this is a fucking joke. It's ridiculous. But if it didn't happen, I think that there is so much more respect you can gain and you don't need to waste your money on crap, you know, that everybody knows what's up. I, I think that Ghost is a great brand. Um, in my personal opinion, they are the top, one of the top brands in the last couple of years. And they don't need, I think this is actually, this casts kind of like a dark shadow, not only in the industry, but also the brand. Because again, to people that know, and there are a lot of them, it's pretty obvious. But uh, nevertheless, great brand. John, a little late. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, John. Brooke, dropping in to say hi. Happy New Year, John. Happy New Year's, Brooke. Ben, starting 2022 with a Final Scoop podcast. Thank you, Ben. Sean, what's going on, Grandpa? Redcon has faded tremendously. Haven't seen any buy one, get six free sales. I disagree on faded. I do agree that I also don't see a lot of those sales like I used to. They do, though. Yeah. David they, Evans. They, they do a lot of them. But not as much. I mean, I remember opening. No, no, stores. no. They do, they do them more. I don't understand how. I mean, they don't. You have to understand. I don't think they put them out on social media anymore because they don't need them to reach Jones new customers. Just fading, that's all. Yeah. Maybe through they, emails. They, yeah, they, 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 sorry, I think say, but that's that's how it goes. They've seen. Jones I've seen them do them like Bogo for two hours on their email list. Maybe email. The email list is probably the size of, I don't know, Ken Brand's Instagram profiles. <laughs> and they just need to encourage their customers that have already tried them to try them again or have them again. Yeah. They don't need to put it on social media. Yeah, maybe. And maybe they, they, they don't put it on social media not to piss off the retailers or their partners or whatever. So maybe that's the case. But I do agree. I think what Sean implies is the social media, though, that he doesn't see yeah, it as much. They're... Yeah, on social they media, they it's not. On there. But maybe, yeah, maybe email list, maybe they're doing it pretty aggressively. I don't know. David, TJ to AP Regimen isn't the owner of that brand of former ProSubs guy. Uh, well, Ike was one of the guys that used to be a ProSubs, then he went to Rise, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Ike Alina was founded ProSubs with TJ, and then he went off and did Rise. Um, is that where Ike is now at AP? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AP Sports, yeah. Maybe that yeah, could make sense. Maybe I don't know. I don't Lucas, know why. Lucas knows. I don't know why they they broke off one way to go to next, or you know, maybe they're coming. That's why I, Lucas, that's why I, Lucas knows, and and it's not AP. We shall that's see. Why I'm not. 
We shall. Apparently, Alex knows as well. He fucking he messaged me just before. <laughs> check the check the private chat. Okay. Question for Robbie: Does a pollen gym see a spike in attendance during January, or is your clientele consistent all year long? Uh, you know what? Uh, the second part was true. Uh, right now, it's all over the place. But yeah, we used to have like consistency throughout the year. You know, because a pollen is a different species. Um, January, we would not see like a lot of spike. You know, it was just another month. So it was pretty consistent. I would say when the contest season starts, that's when we get a little bit more spike. But uh, it was pretty consistent. However, we're, with a pandemic right now, it's so unpredictable because number one, a lot of people are home. Number two, some people are afraid to go to the gym. Number three, some people bought equipment and they're training at home. And it's very, very interesting. It was, it's actually funny because I think two days ago, I walked into a poem at, I think it was 11 a.m. So 11 a.m. is the time where typically it would be dead. Why? Because you have the early morning people like 5, 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And it's packed until about 8. And then usually it's busy again, somewhat busy during lunchtime where people like, you know, go on lunch break and they go to the gym and then the evening time. So 11, 10, 11 a.m. would be quiet, very quiet, like one, two people in the gym. I walk in and it's fucking packed. Like, I mean, ridiculously packed. And uh, it was packed for a while. And then around lunchtime, maybe 12 or 1, there was absolutely nobody. They came together at the same time. They left together at the same time. The gym was completely like a ghost town. So 10 minutes later, when it was a ghost town, a friend of mine walks in and he goes to me, where the fuck is everybody? The gym is dead. I was like, you should have been here 15 minutes ago. That's how unpredictable it is. So, you know, sometimes you get those calls. Uh, can you tell me what time the gym is busy? Now, you, you just can't. It's, uh, it's completely different. And especially, you know, in this area, uh, Tri-State area, there is a lot of new cases on a daily basis. So a lot of people are sick. I mean, most people that I know are sick. Uh, so, you know, uh, even the mall around Christmas area, like the mall not far from us, you wouldn't be able to find parking. It's just Christmas time, there is no parking at the mall. I mean, around Christmas time, shitload of parking, nobody's there. So I don't think it's just the gym. I think it's any business right now. It's affected, so you don't know when it's going to be busy. It's very unpredictable. Works. Picked up some pre-RX by Procore on sale. Anything you would change about that formula? These guys, uh, Procore is a pretty underrated brand. Like, for a cu- but most of this stuff is uh, pretty solid. Yeah, uh, they, Amer- American brand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for the so the people that listen to this on audio version, I'll do a quick rundown of the ingredients, and then we can see what you guys think if you tweak anything. 6,000 milligrams of L-citrulline, 3,200 milligrams beta-alanine, 3,000 milligrams of Creapure micronized German creatine, 3,000 milligrams of betaine nitrate, 2,000 milligrams of L-taurine, 1,500 milligrams glycer pump, 750 milligrams nitrosagene, 1,000 milligrams tyrosine, 575 milligrams choline bitartrate, 250 milligrams cafe elatus, natural caffeine from coffee beans, 78.5 milligrams L-theanine, 75 milligrams theobromine, 62.5 milligrams methylibrine, as dynamine 40% yielding 25 milligrams of active methylibrine, 52.5 milligrams dicaffeine malate, 50 milligrams synephrine, 25 milligrams hordenine, 
200 micrograms fuprazine and 6 milligrams bioperin. All right, gents, any thoughts? I actually like the formula a lot. I mean, it, especially the performance part is, I think, very, very solid. Yeah, I mean, you could argue maybe for nitrosogen a little bit, but then again, the the synergy in this, because you have so many like good ingredients and, you know, pretty highly dosed, I think it's 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 very good. I mean, you know, obviously my thoughts on theanine, even though over here it's actually very, very little, which is nice to see. Um, I don't know, dynamine is a little bit on the lower side than I would like to see. But other than that, to be honest with you, I'm just nitpicking. It's a great formula. Lucas? I really like it. Really? Honestly, I love I love the I love the they added BK nitrate, which is probably one of my favorites when it comes to like nitrates. And I also like that they bump up the taurine to like two grams, which is pretty cool. Isn't it one um, gram or oh, two gram? Two grams. Two grams. Yeah, great. That that's that's just pretty cool. Just because the you know the nitrosogen is like below one gram doesn't mean it won't work because you know you have like loads of citrulline, so it will like work synergistically with betaine. Plus, you know, with this, with glycer pump, I think that the pumps will be nasty. Yeah. And, you know, the taurine will also help out with the hydration and so on. And I also, you know, what I like is that, you know, they didn't add a lot of theanine, as, as you said, you know, Robbie. And, you know, it's, it's cool to see because nowadays, like, brands are putting like, Hundred and above, you know, as far yeah, as yeah, I saw know. some brand putting four hundred. I was shocked. Yeah, that just pisses me off, you know. And as TJ used to say, you know, that ingredient shouldn't be added to like pre-workouts; should be in uh, sleep formulas in most cases. But you know, in these dosages, it it will give you this like smooth, clean energy, you know, throughout your workout. So that's cool. Infinergy and uh, and the natural ca uh, caffeine really like it also. So I have no complaints. I really yeah. like it. Maybe the only the only net picking that I would like say is the the choline, but that's basically it. Yeah, I, it's I mean, minor. Yeah, but it's just like uh, I'm just yeah. like net picking as I said. So in in overall. Yeah, on focus, it could be a little bit better, but that's like neat big. And I've never seen theanine this low, so which is very, very impressive. I mean, I'd rather not see it at all, but at 78, I'm bitching about it. It's stupid. Yeah. You got any thoughts on the shame? Oh, I mean, like I said, this formula has been around for a while. I haven't actually heard from Procore or seen an update from Procore for quite some time. I don't think, like, they've kind of gone silent i like sort of for the past they were, had they had good runs where they were dropping new products reformulating uh increase like hitting new categories um but and the the thing is is their supplements all of them are pretty as well dosed as this as well put together and they do when it comes to like special occasions these products get some fat some like i mean real fat discounts like yeah actually one of discounts what is uh, what is the price point on this? Forty five bucks for twenty servings, so a little over two dollars. You see them, you bad. see them do some like forty percent sales. Yeah, this is pretty fair price. They'll, they'll, that'll come down to sub thirty. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's good. 
I like I like the formula overall. I mean, like like the guy said, it, it's really well dosed. You could have some minor nitpick things here, like the the, the extra half milligram of theanine is kind of weird. Like maybe they've got it titrated after the specific ratio between that and the caffeine yield. Uh, Dynamine, I'd like to see at maybe that 50 milligram threshold because that's kind of the lowest studied dose in combination with caffeine. I don't think theanine really belongs in the pre-workout. It's in Ninja's pre-workout and a couple of other places. I outlink it in that application. Is, is there a niacin in this? Yes, there is 20 milligrams of niacin. So you're going to get some... Because uh, I remember I actually bought this like years ago when it came out. Um, but I took it and the niacin just lit me up like yeah and i never went back to it and i was like this is 20 milligrams i don't know I, I couldn't quite understand yeah but it and um before i i, I never went back to it again unfortunately yeah, i mean i don't think you wasted your money at all getting this devin like oh, no. you got this sale man you you oh yeah really, they really do some, job on that. some sales i might get rid of the glycer pump and you know if i was tweaking the formula for another run Get rid of the glycer pump and put that into some more tyrosine or choline because you've already got plenty of self-saturating agents with the betaine yeah. and the taurine there. But I mean, overall, I mean, this is a, a very, very solid pre-workout. So I would add some Himalayan pink salt as well as potassium. That would be awesome. Yeah, there is no sodium in here. That that might be. There's no electrolytes. That might be a, a weak spot in it. That's a good point. Luke. Yeah. So they do. They have done um, buy one get one freeze before. Yeah, that, that, I mean, it's a, it's a solid formula. It's a, it's a good product. And just like you said, netpicking. But then again, we can netpick on anything pretty yeah, exactly. much. Yeah, How, what do you, we got to consider what's their budget that they want to keep yeah, there. No, it's, it's, it's like one of those products that like it's good. That's the bottom line. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very solid. Somebody gave yeah, me a something that I wouldn't have a problem with it. Interesting. Ultra Octane. This nice one. They're stim free. They got our seal of, of approval. Boom. <laughs> Thoughts on the new Glaxon anomaly and being a muscle builder slash anti-catabolic agent. Uh, let me I actually up. had I did a full month of this. You already yeah. did? Yeah, they gave it to me in November. Did right. you stack it with uh, with the fly? No, because I, I didn't want to use it with flight because, I, for, from my understanding, like I know there's different ingredients, different mechanisms. Yeah. But I suspected the because they suggest you take it at night. Mm -hmm. So I suspected the result or effect would be similar to how flight, like, because I've flight for me is like a recovery beast. Yeah. And I suspected anomaly might be the same, so I didn't want to like take them together and yeah, get confused like if i had a test booster maybe but i thought this would be very similar um and it is it's much the same as flight like mm -hmm. just not sore re-energized refreshed it's hard to say like i'm not as sore as i thought i would be it's you just i guess that's why i take it for a month um it just said no day was i a, like as tired or lethargic or fatigued as I don't know I would in the other nine months uh, 11 months out of the year it you noticeably think, makes your recovery better you think it this would be wiser to take it alone or stack it with flight 
I mean, if you're like me and you're taking it to just see how it works, but fuck that. If I have it again, I'm buying both. Oh. <laughs> so I would, I mean, I know that, it, you know, one plus one doesn't always equal two, but yeah, man. if it could equal 1.5, I'd still do it. <laughs> it's the, that AI ingredient, isn't it? That they use. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to understand. What the hell does it mean by its AI? Oh, so apparently they. I don't know if you talked to the Gorilla Chemist, but I remember when he told me he used to have like a database back at school where you could sort of, uh, like say sort of uh, compounds or something that you're looking for and certain certain molecules, and you could search and they would find things like in that realm for you. Yeah. So. From my understanding, artificial intelligence, it, it, it would design like a, like a peptide or something. I don't really know. They, it would design something that could help muscle recovery. Yeah. Or muscle growth. And it would design it based on, I guess, what's available. And it basically ran through like, from my understanding, it ran through like just databases to match mm -hmm. or to find something that, and then, and that was what it found. So I guess it was kind of like, more like a search algorithm. Fascinating. And that's how it came up with it. It's kind of like, um, there was that AI protein bar. And they were like, oh, it was AI designed. But what happened was Ooh. that they basically took in feedback from people. And then they used like an algorithm or artificial intelligence to determine the right base, like the right flavor texture based uh -huh. on the feedback. Yeah. So it wasn't like they got a robot to make it. They used like an algorithm to bake go the feedback the and then be and like, make it perfect yeah, and just be like, people's uh, yeah. feedback. It's kind of like, it's kind of like an algorithm. Like yeah. you yeah. type in big titties into Google, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna find you the best Do you like image. Ass or tits? Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna find you what it thinks is best. It's not gonna just be like every picture, big titties. It's gonna say, this is the best one, guys. Look at yeah. this. Black Strange one, example, Asian one, you get... <laughs> you get my point. Yeah, man. I know that what they did here really... was ex was extremely complex. I mean, it's one thing using like a AI and algorithm to like sort of base off feedback to go and find something that no one's ever used before. That's a little that's a little bit different. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so so far they have cell culture studies on this. We don't have any human data on it. Uh, at least not yet. Uh, hey man, Terminator found this thing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> that, uh... It's definitely more than the, uh, like the, um, like the I mean, AI It's better than HMB. It's something cool, something new. We're not just seeing another HMB formula. So that's kind of yeah. cool. I'd love to like see said, some there's definitely, human studies. There's definitely on something it. to it outside of that artificial yeah. intelligence thing like it is yeah it, it definitely works and this gg gold i haven't seen i'm not familiar with either of these two ingredients yet um just goes they said they're that. peptide strong this was the first thing to use it i think uh-huh but they didn't but gg gold they didn't so i'm assuming maybe that one's been around they find some some of these things sometimes and i'm like i never fucking heard of these why is it my keyboard? Oh, what are you typing? There we go. GG. Yeah, they, yeah, see. I had a feeling other people had used it. 
Geranol geraniol is an endogenous nutrient in our body that declines as we age. It's essential for protein synthesis, the production of testosterone, progesterone, CoQ10, and MK4. May also help with the management of sarcopenia. See, I wonder if this thing is almost going to be... I don't know if I'd type this as a muscle builder. It's more of like they, I would use this maybe on a <laughs> on a hard cut or a diet if you're somebody that's laid up with an injury for a while or an older they, population. They did say it's a... Uh... Like an anti-catabolic, but I mean, it's not like you can have an anti-catabolic category. Right. I guess muscle growth. Yeah. I would go with of... like the anti-inflammatory like growth and like, yeah. you know, it's it's more like into, into as Shane mentioned earlier, it's like recovery, those kinds of things, you know, but recovery on with a big R, you know. I would sort of put it in the muscle builder category because I guess if you, if you put it in recovery, you might like you kind of rope it in with like an amino yeah, but or a when you recover, workout. your muscles are growing. So that's basically you know, yeah. So I guess <coughs> it's it's kind of, yeah. I guess it's if you're gonna you put it in a category, yeah, it's got to land there. But this in flight, I feel like I would be interested to use the two just because I don't know if they're gonna like cancel each other out or mm. maybe like. It'd be an expensive pair. Yeah, I think, that's, why, that's why I'm interested in because you know, I used flights and I was really surprised with uh, with the effectiveness of the product. It's weird, but, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's it's, just, it's freaking I'm weird. Like, yeah. Thinking of socks, I like it. Did you had this crazy like, you know, uh, dreams. Nah, when you were on it, <laughs> I gotta I gotta take some I gotta take some some good sleep aid to have some crazy dreams. Bro, when I when I was on that flight, you know, my dreams were like <laughs> crazy. Seriously, you didn't walk through the pawn shops. You went in. No, uh, I went all out. I went all out. You know, you I left all you my money there. The pawn shop. Bro, I I left all my money there. <laughs> you know what? I I look I looked at this, and, and you know what Robert said about. Uh, the human data i mean the thing is is like we you know shane said something about muscle building muscle building is something that everybody goes to the gym they want to build muscle we know that protein is a you know is building muscles we know that creatine is building muscles those things are kind of proven you know i mean of course everything also comes down to genetics how far we can push our body if it's naturally and uh, you know and there is obviously the anabolic aspect as well in testosterone uh, muscle building also has to do a lot of uh, a lot with testosterone, you know. So my point is, is that I not, number one, I always love innovation and I love risk taking and I love uh, you know research and you know Robert is very very good at that. But the thing is, is like uh, to classify this as a muscle muscle builder. Uh, why would you do that? How is it building muscle? You know, people on anabolic steroids on anabolic steroids with super super regimen when it comes to diet eating properly training properly and everything else i remember talking to dorian yates he said in a whole year to build a solid five to ten pounds of muscles is very 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 challenging and that is considering you're taking into effect anabolic steroids training hard consistently recovering i mean most of us even sitting here um, you know, I'm the only one I believe who is taking or took steroids and I'm on testosterone replacement and whatnot, even on testosterone replacement, an actual testosterone replacement, 
I see very, very little difference in gaining actual muscles. Why? Because, you know, age, um, you know, I'm, I'm not in my 20s anymore, and it's just not enough to build muscle. Will this make a substantial where a person, after a month or two months or three months period, will say, due to taking this product, I actually increased muscle mass? Will you be able to tell that due to this product, you increased muscle mass? You won't. I guarantee you that. 100%. Will it justify the price uh, point? It won't. You will not build muscle on this thing to an extent where you're going to be able to say, by adding this supplement, I just put on two to three pounds of muscles in certain period of time. It's impossible. Shane only used it for a month. It's impossible to build muscle or to feel that you build muscle visually or physically in that period of time. This is just straight talk. This is honesty. We know how citrulline works. It's proven. We know how nitrosogen works. It's proven. We know that if we take a certain amount of caffeine, it will kick us into the next gear in terms of energy. We know how certain things work. This is anecdotal. This is uh, possible. This is like Robert said, and I liked it recently. He said, synergy might work, but we just don't know. And I really respect what Robert said about it because certain compounds, I believe, Robert, when we had the discussion where you said, like, maybe instead of 2,000 milligram of tyrosine, but 500 milligram combined with, like, maybe not a full 600 milligram of alpha GPC, but 300, it might give us the results. Now, the question is, will it or not? We literally don't know. And you were very, very respectful by saying, I don't know, but it's possible. You know, it's there. So the question is, do you take it's possible? I'll take a risk, meaning for a consumer, I'll spend the hard-earned money to take a risk and see if it's going to work, or will I go to something that 100% will work because I'm spending my hard-earned money? And that's when I said about Ghost. Everything that they release, or most of the things that they release, actually proven to work. You know, as long as it's done correctly and synergistically and the correct dosages that are proven to work. That is very, very important to say. Is it impressive? I like the label. I like the potential. I like the risk taking. I like the research. But will it work? You know, uh, yesterday I, I talked to a friend of mine that owns a supplement store and I was like, I want to come up with egg protein, more flavors. And I remember talking to you, Robert, about it and you gave me advice. Why did I do it? Because I want to see what the consumer wants. Mm -hmm. I want to see what the consumer will actually be like, okay, you know what? Here's my 50 bucks. I want to buy it. We know the protein is going to work, but will they like the flavor? And that's the reason why I picked your brain because I'm trying to make sure, A, I'm not wasting my money. B, you know, I'm delivering what actually works and what actually is guaranteed to give a certain benefit. In this particular case, protein will work but we only care about the flavor and the taste at this point because we're trying to cater to them, you know? Like, uh, I have a friend of mine who stopped by and said that he tried sea bomb protein and he goes to me, I tried the vanilla and it's disgusting. He says, it's absolutely disgusting. He goes, I hated it, my brother hated it, I gave it to my mother, my mother hated it. He says, and I threw it away. So yesterday I asked, I'm not gonna say who it is, but I asked one of the retailers, yeah. I was like, out of curiosity, because I want to know, I want to do research, is sea bomb vanilla, is it bad? He goes to me, bro, it's very bad. He goes, it's not good. He says, the quality is there, because it's isolate. He says, so it's 100% there. Yeah. He says, 
uh, it has C-Bomb on it, so you know that's good marketing because he's C-Bomb, he has millions of followers. He says, but it didn't give a shit about flavoring it. It doesn't come from me. And the reason why I don't want to say who it is, because it's unnecessary. I'm just telling you the facts. This is the research. This is how things are done. You know, we're spending as brands a lot of money on, uh, on certain supplements. Certain supplements, the supplement companies spending money on a pure junk that doesn't work, but they're doing it for the sake of making business. They know that they have a point where they're going to be able to sell the product. And that is fine. But when certain claims are made, they have to be, I'm not, they don't have to be made. But the thing is, is like, wouldn't you rather, you know, some of us like Robert, you get some stuff sent for free, right? And that's okay, because you work within the industry and people want you to try certain things, whether it's for flavor or for the effects, right? right. So some of us getting stuff for free, but the consumer doesn't get stuff for free. And if when you go to a store and you ask a retailer, what, do the, what does the consumer want to buy? They want to buy pre-workout. Why? Because they feel it. They want to buy protein. Why? Because it's protein. No, no explanation needed. They want to buy creatine for the same reason that's protein. They want to buy something like EEAs. Again, no explanation needed. They want to buy multivitamin. They want to buy fish oil. They want to buy products that work. Now, when you put on a shelf something that might work and you, Robert, snuck in the word HMB, which is perfect, because it was suspected in some anecdotal reports back in the day that it might work. The price tag on it was through the fucking roof. It was super, super expensive. People were buying it based on anecdotal reports. But now we know when there is actually a human research, when there is actually human data, we know. We don't suspect. We don't say maybe. It was a muscle builder. It was like fucking the best thing since steroids. You know? But now we know, we have a proof that it doesn't work. And the truth is, in Eastern Europe and somewhat, they still, I know, buy that ingredient, just like they buy glutamine a lot and stuff like that. But at this point, we do know that it doesn't work. So my point is, is that I'd rather see people spending money on something that is proven to work. If something is an anecdotal report, let's do human studies. And I know what you're going to say. It costs a lot of money, 100%. But I'd rather sell to people products that are 100% guaranteed that they will work, that they need it, and there is a benefit from it, not something with, oh, it's experimental, it's cool, it might work, there is unproven data, you know, it, it, it's, you know, if you look at some of the, I'm not talking about Glaxon right now, I'm talking about shitload of products on the market that say muscle building, it's mm -hmm. going to put on tons of muscle on you, 99% of them are not going to do shit, they're not going to do shit, but they're using these things, anti-estrogen, Fucking guys go to a doctor and they're using anti-estrogen product and the estrogen is still through the roof, you know, but he went and he bought anti-estrogen products uh, typically that are in a, in a retail store. They've ranged from like as low as $30, $40 to as high as over $100. Those are the prices. Yeah. If you go to a doctor and you get an actual anti-estrogen prescription, well, Remedex, which is proven to work, it will definitely block your estrogen or it will lower it. It's 10 bucks. It's 10 bucks. That's all it is. It's 10 bucks for a month's supply. So, you know, I mean, why do we say muscle builder on, cer on certain products that we don't know? We literally do not know. Why do we say, you know, recovery? Oh, it might work for me. Uh, well, it might be a placebo effect too. But the truth is, you don't know. 
what you do know is take eight grams of citrulline or six, and even like you said, Robert, three, four grams that is proven to work. You hear that? Those were your words. You said a citrulline, what, three grams to 10 or 12? 2.4. There was a study in cyclists that did 2.4 grams of citrulline and it worked. Hey, so you know what? And I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that I was wrong. I don't have a problem with that because I used to say, oh, you know, a three, four grams of citrulline is underdosed. It's not. I was wrong. Why was I wrong? Because you just stated it's proven that 2.4 did work. Yeah, I mean, there's one maybe study on the lo- on the lower side, but it does work. Yeah, most yeah. of the studies are on the upper end of the spectrum, and I, I'm I would be inclined to believe that if there's a dose res- dose dependent response to a certain extent. So that 10 grams is that bottleneck spot or that that plateau where you go above and beyond that. Unless you're some huge motherfucker, it's not going to make that much of a difference. Like average size guys like us, you go above 10 grams, you're not going to get orders of magnitude greater nitric oxide production and blood flow. Now, do I think? If they compared something like 2.4 grams to 6 grams, would there be a difference? I think probably so, yeah. But the lowest uh, dose where they've seen benefit is 2.4 grams. Now, if I'm putting together a product, the lowest I'm probably going to go is 4 grams. Uh, and then put it some other stuff in there. But just, yeah, that's one ingredient there. But me coming and accusing you of saying if you put a product with 4 grams of citrulline, if I came right now and I said, Robert, you know what? My product has 6 or 7 or 8. Your product is underdosed. I would be wrong and you would be able to fucking corner me with actual facts, proven facts that I was wrong. I just accused you of underdosing product that you in fact didn't. You just put a lower dose than I did, but you didn't underdose the product. And again, why? Not because you're right or I'm right. It's because the science backs it up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one thing with with some of the kind of these niche categories like the anti-aging stuff, the muscle recovery life extension, those kind of things. I think part of it is that supplements for some people, it's a hobby. So they like going and, and spending, you know, assuming they have the the funds to kind of go and play with it. This is their thing. So some people spend their money on video games. Some people spend it on golf. Some people like to just spend it on supplements. Like, Hey, here's a, a habit, you know, or a hobby. I have mine. That's not going to completely break the bank. It's not, you know, as, as deleterious to your body or financial or mental health more of the time is something like drinking or gambling or something, those kind of things. So there, like, is there kind of like what Shane always says, is there a chance that it could make me 1% better in some other aspect of life? Sure. And there, there's a niche of the consumer base that is fine with that. And so if those company was to do that, I think where it gets, and this isn't in reference to Glaxon, but it's kind of those companies that are putting out products and calling it a muscle builder and you're pixie dusting these ingredients 100%. that are going after the new fitness enthusiast that's just getting in the gym and they think, I'm going to mm-hmm. take this, I'm going to look like Dorian Yates. And that's, that's where it gets into you know what? You know what? But Robert, just like a movie critic who is watching movies for free, mm-hmm. in, in our cases, even Shane's, and this is not negativity or anything like that, uh, Shane, TJ, Myself, not really. You, for example, you can definitely fall into that category. You're getting supplements for free. Now, I'm not saying all the time, but you get sent out products for free. Yeah. There are some supplements that are you actually buying on a regular basis. You're yep. buying on a regular basis because not everything is sent out to, to you for free. Yeah. So my point is, is do you see yourself those research, possibly, maybe, anecdotal supplements, do you see yourself as a person buying them on a regular basis, on a monthly basis for a maybe effect because you got a bottle for free or two bottles for free, now you're fucking buying it. (laughs) No, 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 I guarantee you 100, no, 
No, because I, you because, I have. No, you have. I do. You're not, you're not gonna buy Anabali. You're not gonna buy Anabali on a monthly basis. I'm willing to put my fucking house on it. Why? Because it's a lot. Flight. It's a it's a lot. It's Bro, a lot. You're not gonna buy. No, you're not gonna buy. You're not gonna buy. You're not gonna buy a not proven product. That is, you're going to be taking money away from your family. That it doesn't work, okay. or it's not, it's not proven to work. Uh, uh, hold on, I feel no, like we're getting, I feel like we're getting a bit lost here. No, no, hold on. Let me finish. You're not going to buy a product that is not guaranteed to provide you with benefit. But yet, Robert is buying. Do you buy berberine on a monthly basis, Robert? Do I berberine on a monthly basis? I mean, you're using it on a monthly basis. Yeah, oh, yeah, you use it in probably two or three weeks, but yeah, so, before so, that or something like uh, you also I, I I know that you're buying from uh, what is that company NutriCost, right? They're yeah. not supplying your products for free, mm -mm. so you're buying from NutriCost certain products on a monthly or bi-monthly basis, depends how you budget it. Yep. You know that's in your budget for your health to support your you know whatever you goals you have health wise yeah. or athletic wise. You're buying and you're using those products using those products on a monthly basis and it's in your budget same as you would buy i don't know rice or potatoes but because bourbon, they, yes because be, or bourbon yeah because they are guaranteed to work because you know what they do because there is data behind it and you know what we're not even going to argue about like personally what we do but do you see a person that has a salary that has a monthly budget spending money on products that might work if we're talking about anti-aging, what are the two anti-aging, actually three anti-aging uh, products on a market that actually proven to work? One of them is questionable. Two of them are guaranteed. That is human growth hormone, which is proven as an anti-aging um, supplement or medication or whatever you want to call it. It's actually proven to work. The other one is testosterone because as we age, testosterone levels are def definitely dropping. So those two. The third one, that people are still arguing if you do the research is actually metformin. Yep. Metformin is, uh, there is still argument. There is no proven 100% data on it. And, you know, as we talked about it, you're using berberine instead because it's proven to work just as good and whatnot. So those two, either you're going to get them from a pharmacy and your, um, your, uh, your insurance is going to cover it, or if you have a lot of money, like some of the movie stars and whatnot, you're going to buy it on a monthly basis because it's proven to work. So you're willing, if you have the budget, you're willing to spend that money in order because you know it's guaranteed to work. We've seen the effects of it. We know the data is there. You know, uh, yesterday I saw uh, the, the same Russian singer that I sent you guys photo of that she's in her 70s, that she her skin looks fucking flawless. I mean, she looks like she's in her 40s. She's just... Clearly, she did, you know, surgery and whatnot. She has the money for it. She has the money to do the best plastic surgery or whatever, and she looks like she is 30 or 40 years younger. But if you go to uh, any cosmetic store or, you know, if you ask Ben, who's been using Glow, apparently, you know, that's going to help you with, uh, with your skin. You know, you can spend monthly, but it's anecdotal. It's not proven to work. It's not guaranteed. Yet, you're going to be spending so much money. Why did Glow fail? Of all the ghost products, it did fail. It's not the, it doesn't sell the same as Legend. It doesn't sell the same as this. It doesn't sell the same as Protein. Why did it fail? Because it doesn't fucking work. Because it's maybe, and it's anecdotal, and there is uh, research that is not proven, and it didn't help Ben, who was fucking promoting it heavily. In fact, I maybe even made it worse. Those are the things that either 
proven or not proven? Is it guaranteed or not guaranteed? But speculating and stuff like that, and for a person to go and spend hard-earned money, and he's going to say to his wife, oh, you know what? My testosterone is going to go up. I'm going to fuck you a lot more often because this product is, is going to work. And then it turns out that it doesn't. Th those, those are the things, but you know, there is proven, there is science and there is speculation. And those are just the things that you have to differentiate whether you, you know, it's going to work or not. Okay. So my, 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 my question was, is like, Glaxon <laughs> doesn't promote anomaly as a muscle builder on the bottle. It says muscle health. So it doesn't say muscle builder. I'm, me and Lucas were saying that. Because if you had to categorize everything into a specific category, when you looked at categories, you'd have like 50,000 to choose from. <laughs> oh, do, you know, do you know about uh, the guaranteed, studied, proven muscle health benefits of it? I tried it and it worked. But if you go down that road, I'm pretty sure there aren't human studies on DMHA, aerogerensis, isoprop. I'm pretty sure that you haven't got studies but, on them either. But, but, so those are maybes as well. Wait, 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 wait a second. But how are they promoted? Actually, we know that DMA, DMHA, even caffeine, at certain, you know, if, if it's abused, it, it, in, on, on the other, it's actually contrary. It's not healthy, but it's used for a specific effect to give you that energy and that boost and to feel at the gym that drive, and it does the job. You know, there is no need for it. It's not um, uh, a healthy product. Nobody, I've never seen DMHA and on a container of a pre-workout to say, DMHA will make you healthier, will make your muscles healthier, will build muscle or anything like no, that. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not saying they're going to help with muscle growth. I'm, I'm just saying yeah. that like, uh, there are many ingredients out there that don't have human studies and are arguably maybe ingredients yeah. to, to your point. But this is a branded ingredient that actually has some sort of data. Some sort of data, that have... some sort of data is not human data. Yes, but there are yeah, many but... ingredients out there that have no data at all and yeah, we... no human data at all. But, but, but many I... of which what are, what are, pre-workouts what... use. Well, yeah, but what you're mixing, I don't think you quite understand what I'm saying. If you're going to take multivitamin for health benefits, you're not necessarily going to feel it. You know, there is a percentage value but you're not necessarily going to feel it. DMHA I, I, or, or caffeine, or I, I, well, caffeine has actually been studied, but DMHA or DMA, in fact, I think, you know, they possibly harmful products. What I'm saying is, is like people are not taking them for the effects of health or benefits. They're taking them just for that kick that they will inevitably yeah, feel. feel. They will yeah. feel it. I mean, cocaine is the same thing. You know, is it good for you? No, it's actually harmful for you. No, but, but you will feel it. <laughs> No, but no, what I'm saying is you said that because it's maybe data that that they that's you probably shouldn't sell it or whatever. What I'm saying oh, is no, 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 they, could... they should be selling it. I'm not against it. Everybody. In fact, I'm all for research and stuff like that. But the truth is, is that there are certain things for health that you don't really feel or can say like, you know what, with, with, uh, with certainty that they do work. You just don't have it. But there are certain things that uh, especially pre-workouts or thermogenics you know, are they healthy? Are they beneficial? I mean, I don't know. I'll be the first one to say, All I right, don't so, know. But so, you feel so, that. So you're saying that if it's an ingredient that has no human data, but it's something you can feel, it's it's more okay in your book than if it was to be like a it's not in my a muscle book. builder. It's not in or my like book. a recovery ingredient. No, you, no. You, I'm, you no, I'm I, just saying. You and I can walk into a supplement store, say, when it opens at 9 a.m. or 10 a.m., and we can have those research products that might work, 
like Animali, like like things like that. I'm not. Yeah. And we're gonna be there until closing. Let's see how many people will buy that product versus how many people will buy protein pre-workout. Well, it's nowhere near going to be as much because it's kind of like how you said about Ghost Glow. No many there's there's just the market for beauty from a sports nutrition brand versus the market for a pre-workout are drastically different. Like Cellucor based its entire brand around a pre-workout. No one, no one's going to make hundreds of millions. Of, maybe they might, but there aren't that many who are going to do it on the beauty category. So it's obviously going to sell less. And research, muscle growth, health, they're even less. But when you said that this isn't something you would buy, and me and Lucas both nodded, I can tell you right now, whether or not you believe me or not, I have bought flight multiple times myself. I have bought it out of my own money. On one occasion, I went for a sale, but that's irrelevant. I still no, it's bought fine. it. I well, buy these remember, ingredients and these products a lot of the time. Sometimes we, uh, even without human data, and I'll agree with you on this one, uh, sometimes without any human data, without any proof, we buy products because we believe personally that it works for us. Is it placebo effect? I don't know. If does it actually help us? I don't know. But sometimes, yes, we will buy products that we believe that they work. Not only that, on a flip coin to that, I know guys that are, have used products that have been proven to work, but they claim they don't work. So they stop uh, yeah. using them. So I've seen that. All I'm saying is, is that all these claims that, and this is not on Glaxon, this is actually pretty much on everyone, um, probably including me. I think we just have to be, not because somebody's gonna sue us or anything like that, it's not because of that. I'm saying is, is that certain claims that we make uh, just should be a little bit more concrete. There is a reason why you will see an ad on TV or somewhere in a magazine, and it's gonna be in big fucking huge bold letters that this product provides this and this and this and this and this, and then you will see a little disclaimer that you can't even fucking read with glasses on that basically disputes everything they put in bold letters to protect themselves against lawsuits and because, you know, it's not proven to work. I mean, those things are inevitable, but we know things that do work, that are steady in our arsenal, and there we know things that might work. And it's also for a personal, you know, personal decision whether you believe in it, whether you believe that it works for you, and whether you're going to use it or not. That, that's, the, that's the thing. And when I went to, to do blood work about two or three years ago, uh, my cholesterol, because genetically I have pretty fucked up cholesterol, my cholesterol was 200 and something. And the first thing that the doctor said to me that he's going to put me on prescription medication, on statins. When I heard that, I was like, shit, that's not something I really want to do. So I said to him, is it possible that maybe we can do something for me not to use them? He suggested red yeast, red yeast rice. He suggested garlic, uh, garlic pills. And he suggested to me, uh, you know, adding a little bit more healthy fats into my diet, like avocado, unsalted nuts and whatnot. That's exactly what I did. I told him, I said, give me a couple of months or something like that. We'll retest it. And maybe it's going to come out better. And you know what? I just had blood work a month ago. My cholesterol went down by 100 points. That's the only thing I did. I didn't exclude red meat from my diet. I didn't exclude none of those. All I did was just adding a little bit more cardio and using those products. I don't know which one contributed more. I don't know which one contributed less. I don't know if it's a combination of both. And I don't have any proof. I don't have any scientific data behind it. But because it works for me, proven based on blood work, I'm going to continue to use it.
Well, yeah, for that, you said red yeast rice? Yes. That's got a naturally occurring statin in it called uh, lovastatin, or it's got a relative of lovastatin, and that's naturally occurring in red yeast rice. That's why initially it was banned um, for supplements or a couple years ago, or it got conflicted with the FDA. And then garlic's got a ton of research as far as improving blood flow and, and retooling uh, triglyceride and HDL, LDL levels in the blood. Yeah, and, but, but you know what the funny thing is, is like when I told somebody, a friend of mine, that I'm going to take red yeast and we discussed it, you know what the first thing he said to me? Ah, it's shit. It doesn't do anything, you know? And again, because it's very, very cheap and because it's something that I just didn't want to use statins, I've used it. I've used it. On the other hand, uh, a friend of mine uh, was told by a doctor to use DHEA. Mm-hmm. And after a couple of months, they, he got retested. And he goes to him, I told you to use DHEA. You didn't use it. He goes, no, doctor, I did use it. I did use it. He goes, well, based on your blood work, you didn't. So he asked him, like, what was he using? He told him, he says, I suggest another brand. He switched to another brand and boom, it works. You know, some people don't take any vitamin D products and the vitamin D levels are perfect. I was taking, I was told by a doctor that I was low. I was taking 2000, Mm -hmm. nothing. I used 5,000, very little difference. Then he goes to me, he says, you know what? Stay on 5,000, but on Monday and Friday, do 10,000. I've tried that, fucking worked. So we all different, you know? So sometimes maybe there is no proven data and fuck it, doesn't matter. But based on blood work or based on physical appearance or based on something, it might work for you. So I'm not saying that, you know, don't use it just because there is no human data. I still don't know if garlic is actually effective. To be honest with you, I never read anything about it. I'll be lying if I said I did. There's I think good re- data behind it. Yeah, I, I, you see, and I've never used fucking red yeast. Like, I didn't even read about it. I was told it's garbage, which you actually just disputed that. So you obviously did the research. But I do know ever since using both of them, that's the only thing I did. I didn't change my diet. I didn't go off red, uh, red meat. I didn't do none of that. Just those two I added, and I made sure that I do cardio every morning, kind of like Lucas does, like I, I walk. And uh, yeah. it fucking, it, 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 that's the only thing. So clearly, either one of them or a combination of all of them, that works. So why would I change anything, even if somebody says it doesn't work? Agreed. Yeah. I feel like we strayed off the topic a bit. <laughs> Tree burners. Robbie has an interesting point. How many times new people to fitness get told to take a variety of vitamins for their fitness journey and just stop taking them? Because we don't feel anything different. So why are we taking them? Yes, for our health, but unless people know if they are low in magnesium, by example, they don't need them. So technically, a medical exam should be better before taking anything to get the most out of it. Pretty much It's so. a valid point, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Which that's also that also speaks to the point why so many companies just put beta alanine and everything, and so you get a tangible feeling or niacin, so you make you think it's working. Well, like TJ said, we like the tingling. Uh, what else is behind it? <laughs> you yeah. know. Sweetheart, out hiking with horrible reception. Wish you all a happy new year. Ask everyone to subscribe to Stacked Podcast, do <laughs> notifications, and use the fat discount for making better Polish roads this year. <laughs> Thank you, Sweetheart. Have fun hiking, man. Enjoy. Happy New Year. Good stuff. Good stuff. Meet me. Is lion's mane an ingredient you feel closely after we use it, or is it over time? 
there are long-term benefits to using it continually. That's where most of the studies are, are in giving it to either the rats that they gave it to for several days or the one human, one or two human studies, they gave them upwards of three grams of it uh, for several days up to a couple of weeks. Anecdotally for me, if I take 500 to 1,000 milligrams with in combination with caffeine, I get a, a stimulatory, like a neuro stimulatory effect similar to if you take Neurofactor or the coffee berry stuff in conjunction with caffeine, it kind of ramps up those uh, proteins in the brain nerve growth factor that gets uh, the neurons firing a little bit better and ramps up some other cognitive processes. So I, I it, get an experience. Maybe is it, it's, it's the over time, isn't it? Huh? Yeah. It is an over time. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. so. I mean, it's, it's the fact that of maybe is it the fact that I'm taking it and I know I'm getting ready to get to work. So maybe that's kind of playing into it. You get some of that placebo, but there is definitely a, a ramping up of the nerve growth factor. Uh, going on in the brain, which is going to help heighten some cognitive processes and all that. So, yes, some mild acute effects, but long-term, it's more of a long-term ingredient as well. Robert, are there any, like, proven studied, I guess, dosages, like a minimum and a maximum, or you're on your own? You're kind of on your own. There was uh, the study that they did it in humans. They were giving them three grams of lion's mane a day in the form of they were baking the powder into cookies. Um, but there's not like here, here's 500 milligrams of a lion's mane extract or lion's mane fruiting body powder. There's not many of that in humans as of yet. Most of it's with animals or uh, mechanistic data on the specific hericinones and aranacines that are in the uh, the fun little polysaccharide bioactives that are in lion's mane. Is there a reason they put it in a cookie? Yeah, because it, it tastes like shit. That's yeah, it weird. Tastes like, it tastes like dirt. Yeah, it, it tastes like shit. I know, but I'm like, it's like... Was it like a chocolate chip cookie? Or was it just... <laughs> I your favorite cookie, bacon, and your favorite? No, I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I just thought it was weird as to why they were like, oh, let's put it in a cookie. Why don't we put it in a smoothie or a fucking capsule? Why are we putting it in a cookie? It seems weird. Probably because they add like sugar to it or something. I actually, like you, I, had a, I should be going, but I will bring up an interesting thing that we had at a New Year's party. Because uh, there was this question about, um, would you rather a penis for nipple? Oh, sorry, nipple, a penis-sized nipples, or a nipple-sized penis? Now, even though that question is very difficult to answer, there was a doctor there, and she said, "Oh, I've seen a micro penis before," and I'm like, "Wait, what do you mean?" And she's like, "It's a medical thing," and I was like, "I was, I was baffled." I was like, what? "Like, I had, a, I had heard of micro penis before. It's apparently a medical." Like, thing, like you're medically got a micro penis, or like if you're like medically depressed, cl sorry, clinically depressed, and all that, you can be diagnosed as having a micro penis. And the interesting part <laughs> is there is, in fact, a minimum, a maximum size to, or a minimum size to be classified as micro. And I looked it up. So, and Americans, of course, came up with this because it's in inches, three inches and two thirds for men. One and a half inches in boys, and three quarters of an inch for a newborn, which I thought was fucking weird because who the hell is checking a newborn if they got a micro penis? <laughs> yeah, but also like uh, babies and boys, they they grow and things can change. No, no, but that's what that's why the size changes. So three quarters of an inch. But the most interesting part, again, this is all fast. This was fascinating to me, is that I was reading online and they were like, the the measurement, it's not flaccid, it's not erect, it's stretched. <laughs> what so you have to stretch to get the measurement it's not and i did think about this because we were like why don't they get it when it's 
like hard and I was like well for starters the doctor's not gonna be like hey man I need to check if you've got a tiny dick can you get hard for me no so the stretched thing I don't sense. think I don't think there is a blood blood flow into the micro penis that's why they need to stretch because <laughs> so, so you can't get you a can't, get... can't go hard you can't go hard in this area you must that's be able I'm... to no surely no you must be able to like it just might not be that visible Wait, but the question that begs to, to be asked right now, since you clearly did the research on this. I went into this. It was pretty fascinating. Is there the exact same for women? What do you no, mean, like micro-vagina? Yes. No, I think, it's a, I think it's because they said that if you have a micro-penis, there are runoff side effects similar to like low testosterone. So I think that like they came up with this because... Like if you have these effects, oh, it'd be like, oh, it's because you have a micro penis. What? what but is I feel that? like if you've got a small vagina or a big vagina, I don't think anyone's gonna be like, oh, you know. But you said it's a, it's a, it's a medical condition, correct? Yeah. Well, there's oh, not God. a giant penis condition. I looked that up too. <laughs> Let's go to micro first. Uh, so if you said that it's a medical condition, which I think I heard it somewhere. Uh, a medical I, condition should be treated or cured or something. Is that something not necessarily? That, so it just left. As, so it's just as is. I mean, if there was something that you could do to grow your dick, then goddamn, <laughs> you're selling the wrong stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be it'll be on sack tomorrow. But I think they'll probably just tell you just like hang a weight on it, <laughs> just just stretch it out more. I don't know. I don't know. Either way, I thought it was fascinating that it was an actual measurement. Stretched measurement. But the stretched makes... I mean, listen, who am I to, to, to argue with uh, with science? But at the same time, stretched, it's like... I, I don't get it. The stretch, I think the stretch does make sense because it, it eliminates the... For showers and growers. Okay. like it... And and you oh, what do you you can't like... The doctor can't be like, Oh, can, I need to check if you've got a tiny dick. Can you just get hard? That's, I'm pretty sure that probably is going to get you sued in many places. I don't know. I'm sure there will be some issues there. Uh, and I'm like, I feel like stretch does make sense. It's an odd thing. I've never thought how long it is stretched. But, interesting. It's here, a fact for the day. Anomaly. Take it for one month and you will know if you will notice. If your dick is shorter than three and two thirds inches stretched, you would indeed have a micro penis. If, if, if everybody of the co-hosts and those who are watching after this podcast are going to go and start measuring, that's going to yeah. be pretty hilarious. Everyone right now is quiet and thinks yeah. I'm a fucking idiot, but you're all going to go after that. No, no, I don't think you're an idiot. You're gonna, I, 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 I rubber band. It just, the, the only thing that surprised me was the stretch. That's, uh, that's the only thing. Yeah, that's what but, surprised me. That's, the measurement uh, thing I thought was interesting, but when they said, oh, like three two-thirds inch stretched i was like god damn stretched i mean you to be honest if you're going to be classified as micro dick and not micro dick you're going to be pulling that thing like there's no tomorrow i tell you that shane i i i, I, I think <laughs> if, if suicide rate's going to go up this is going to be on you what? <laughs> the thing was i thought i thought to myself i was like who is going to go to the doctor and be like look I need to know, like, can you check it out? Now, what's the point to go to a doctor if there is no cure? Like, can you check out? I think it's, I think it's one of those things, like, if you have those, like, low test 
kind of like there were some side effects from it. So I think that if you maybe had one of those and like nothing wrong internally, they'd be like, oh, it's because you got a small dick. Like apparently that does mean something. So there well, were, th I didn't read the, the side effects. I was more interested in the fact that you could be clinically dosed. Sorry, not clinically dosed. Um, just, just classified as a micro pen. Three and two thirds inch. Wait a second. Another question. Does it classify you as disabled? So. <laughs> Can you use parking for disabled people? No, like, I, have a condition. no I don't think so. Either uh, way, you can, all, you, can all, you can all thank me later. You You're not disabled. You're privileged. <laughs> You're gifted. You're gifted because I don't think many people have a penis stretched that's three two-thirds inches. That's... Sorry, three, you don't three have inches. Pay for the Lord status anymore. Well, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that. <laughs> I, I don't think that there is any percentage. What they say, what percentage of the population? Because I don't think they could collect this data. No, because no one's gonna. Half of them aren't gonna tell anyone. Absolutely. Who the hell do you know in your life? As if it, like, no one is. No one. Oh, okay. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> my doorbell. Okay. Hey, Josh, just buy your butler answer it. Don't you have a butler? No, Should I think he's gone. A butler? <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Uh, that was funny. Ben, this and conversation plus... has taken 180 from anecdotal verse research supplement efficacy. Glad to be here for it. I learned so much from this. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You're not the only one. Uh, before we, we get back to the thrilling and uh, engrossing topic of micro penises. I pulled up, I didn't get to talk to Shane about this. The Lion's Mane cookies, it does not say what kind of cookies they were. It just says they ate four Lion's Mane cookies, each containing half a gram. So they got two grams of Lion's Mane per day. Uh, that led to reductions in stress, depression, and anxiety after four weeks in women. So it's a two gram dose there. This study from uh, 2019 gave individuals uh, 0.8 grams of that, so 800 milligrams, and they took that how many times per day? Uh, let's see, results. And this improved cognitive functions. Uh, across the board for the individuals. Let me pull up the full dose. I think this is, we confirm that longer intake of HE supplements, that's lion main supplements for 12 weeks, is significantly effective for the improvement of cognitive functions, especially in the mini memory examination, is notable. Um, nothing in here about it draining libido, interestingly enough, or dropping uh -huh. testosterone levels. It's very interesting. You see that that was that was another claim that exactly what I meant. The guy made it based on nothing, some like yeah. anecdotal reports. And but the problem is, is that some, even if one, some people did believe this. That's a problem. Yep, there's all kinds of good stuff. Uh, let's see if I can find that dosage. Um, let's see how many times they were taking it. What is the dose that you take on a daily basis? Anywhere between one and three grams. You split or same time? 
Nah, I usually just throw just take Football. it all at once. Yeah, <laughs> it's just easier that way. Unless I take like a, a pre workout in the morning, like I took bare knuckle this morning, and that's got a gram of lion's mane in it. And then tonight when I have dinner, I throw in that yogurt bowl that I was telling Lucas about the other night where it's Greek yogurt, scoop of protein powder. And then I throw in two to three grams of reishi mushrooms, another heaping, you know, scoop of lion's mane, my creatine oh, it's, in it's there. It's in a bottle form? Yeah. Okay. Uh, bear with me, guys. I will find this. I uh, also heard some people at certain dosages get headaches. Is it true? I never have. I'm not going to discount that, but it's possible. I mean, anything with nootropic and focus, I guess, has the potential of causing that. Yeah. Taking four HE supplements in short, all participants were randomly divided into two groups. Taking four HE capsules in a day of the placebo group, one HE supplement containing. So they took 3,200 milligrams, 3,200 milligrams of uh, lion's mane each day for 12 weeks. No adverse reactions reported but improvements in cognitive function. All of them were over 50 years old. Uh, 15. Yeah. Okay. And then there is a, another study that assessed lion's mane mycelium uh, to ameliorate anxiety induced by continuous sleep disturbance in vivo. Uh, There's actually a lot on this supplement. Oh, yeah, there's a ton. Like, there's going back to 2010, there's some research on it, and there's more studies coming out this year on it. Um, all right, so this was in mice. How much did they give the mice? 150 milligrams per kilogram. So, lion's mane for sleep, improving sleep disruptions, anxiety relief. So, lion's mane's magical, as we've said before. before and continue bedtime, to say. That's pretty cool. Yeah, last one I take is in that big giant-ass yoga bowl right before I go to sleep, so... Mm-hmm. It's on flavor, so it doesn't change the taste? No, it just tastes like mushrooms, powdered mushrooms. Okay. Dave, wanted to thank the four of you, all three of us now, for all that you've done for the industry this past year. I've learned so much from each of you, and I appreciate your contributions on the podcast. Thanks, Dave. We, we, got, su- we, we, we got a lord, and we got a superstar on a podcast. Robert and I are just like fucking supporting guests. Pretty much. Thank you, Dave. Slime make greedy focus, or is it after we use it, or is it over? Oh, I think when he meant, do you take it over? Take it over time. All the studies use it, you know, multiple days in a row. But I, at least for me, I feel a little something now. Is that just because I, like I've mentioned before, because that, I'm I'm trying to get myself in the zone? And I think, all right, oh yeah, this is helping me. I, I I guess it all kind of leads also to a question that uh, do you cycle it off or do you stay on it consistently? Like, will your body adapt it or your mind? And uh, you won't feel the effects. I don't cons- look at it like that. I mean, I always kind of look at it like a, a multivitamin for the brain kind of thing, or mm. something like. Same thing with bacopa. Like I'm going to take bacopa every day that I remember to take it. Um, if I go on vacation, am I going to take my tub of lion's mane with me? No. And so I'll, it'll be a natural cycling off. But if I'm home, you know, nine point nine days out of ten, I'm going to be having lion's mane there. And most of the days I take bacopa. Um, Every now and then I won't, but I just finished off my tub of uh, back ignites that I got from Nootropics Depot and I bought a year or two ago. I mean, it was one of those giant ass tubs and you only take out 300 milligrams at a time. So it la- it's lasted me two years or so. Um, so I just ordered another bottle of caps 
and I got the back ignite form, but I think I went with a different vendor this time. I think I did. I just ordered it last night from Amazon. I don't remember. Um, but yeah. Uh, it's going to go out to the red yeast rice thing that we were talking about earlier, Robbie. Mm -hmm. Effective monocolon K in CoQ10 sublinks. So if you look up red yeast rice, they did a, a pretty big meta-analysis in 2015 showing that it was effective for lowering uh, cholesterol, improving overall triglyceride profiles. And this is one of the newer studies that's come out. Um, let's see how much are they were given. Significant reduction in blood pressure triglycerides. Uh, total cholesterol and LDL cholesterol and glucose levels were observed in individuals in both treatments. So they were given a mixture of red yeast rice and CoQ10. Let's see how much they were given them. 10 milligrams of monocolon K. Uh, which that's the active component in red yeast rice, red yeast rice extract. And 30 milligrams of CoQ10. So for any of you looking to support cardiovascular health and energy levels during the day, there you go. That's an actual study and it's recent, right? 2019. Okay. Uh, is that one? And then there's a bunch of, they, were, they did a meta-analysis uh, in 2015 on red yeast rice. There's another study from 2018. Um, it says short-term supplementation of monocolon K improves lipid and metabolic patterns of hypertensive and hypocholesterolemic subjects at low cardiovascular risk. Um, and so daily dose of 2.5 to 10 milligrams of monocolon K is well established for improving uh, cardiovascular health is what it's saying. So find a decent red yeast rice extract and have it get somewhere in that range of a yield of 2.5 milligrams to 10 milligrams of the monocolon K. You're good to go. Yeah, I think that, that that's another very important point is, the, you know, depends what brand you use. That also plays a huge, huge difference. I know that that question was raised recently about berberine where, you know, there was an argument about it and uh, apparently a lot of berberine on the market is in fact junk and, uh, you know, you have to use a reputable source. So, you know, and, and we brought it up about different supplements. It's, it's true to pretty much anything. But, uh, you know, a reputable source, reputable brand is definitely very, very important. Yeah, if your berberine or turmeric supplement isn't like a bright yellowish-orange color in the capsule and you've got a clear capsule and that color is not like super bright yellow-orangish, you, you don't actually have turmeric or berberine in your, in your supplement. Those are some very, very uh, brightly colored supplements. And if you get them on your fingers, so sometimes I've, I've cracked open the berberine capsule. Yeah. It will dye your fingers yellow for a couple of days. Yeah. So, uh, have you ever overdosed uh, curcumin, maybe? Have I ever overdosed it? No. Yeah. I've only recently started taking it on its own. I overdosed some, uh, like, a few times. Oh, no. So my uh, hands were, like, orangey. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. uh, so that's that's when you know that you're taking too much. I thought you were about to say you were pooping out yellow, or, like, your, your poop no, turned man. yellow or something uh, like that. <laughs> Nothing with poop, but only with the, you know, with the coloring. The exact same thing happens when you eat too much carrots. That's happened to me before. Beta carotene, yep. you you accumulate yeah, in your yeah. yeah, and you are like oh, fucking orangey. Yeah. My parents thought I had liver failure for a, a time, and this is when I wasn't drinking at all. They're like, "What's wrong with you, Robert? Your skin's all yellow." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too much sweet potatoes and carrots. 
Simon says, Robbie, you mentioned you were following low-carb diet. Is that correct? And then also, would you be up for a one-month carnivore challenge? I honestly was thinking about it. Um, it's very, very tempting idea for, I guess, research purposes and just kind of like a challenge. The thing is, is that I do um, follow most of the time low-carb diet where I would have only two, three slices of Ezekiel toast in the morning and the rest would be pretty much, um, you know, protein-based diet and fats. Uh, this is definitely very appealing. Um, I'm not sure. I think carnivore, you are allowed to use eggs, right? Because eggs mm -hmm. are very, yeah, eggs. I think eggs are very, very important to me. I have to have them on a daily basis. If yes, then yeah, I would definitely do it. I don't know what the, uh, the rules are about condiments, like, you know, barbecue sauce or any of those. Can you use them or not? I would assume that sugar-free or probably or calorie-free you can use. But if that's the case, I would definitely give it a go. And just for, you know, as an experiment, uh, it's tough for a month, definitely. But I, I think I'd try it. I, I, I'd definitely try it. Yeah, I don't think you like, so you're not supposed to do any kind of, like if you're being super strict carnivore, you put salt on your meat, maybe black pepper, but no like Walden Farm yeah, syrups, no equal, pepper. no Splenda, none of that shit. Oh, really? That's strict. So uh, wait a second. So when it comes to coffee or tea, you're pretty much fucked too. I mean, it depends on how strict you want to get. If, I mean, like, if you're, I think the whole purpose is like just clean the shit out of your diet, eat as much real food as possible. If you have one packet of Splenda in your coffee, I mean, is it really, are you really not being a carnivore because you had a little bit of, you know, super low? I mean, food? realistically, it's still calorie free. So, yeah. I, 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 I know, like I said, uh, to me, the, the, the whole thing, because I never like got into it, like specifically, I only saw it on Joe Rogan podca uh, podcast. And I heard about it, but I didn't get into specifics like so so called like rules and regulations. Yeah. But uh, to me, you know, now that I have the answer, since eggs are allowed, that's the main thing because like I I gotta have eggs pretty much on a daily basis. Yeah. The first carnivore, days. carnivore equals only animal based products. So basically, you eat meat, eggs. You can also you Fish. are you are allowed to eat some honey as well. Those kinds of things. So yeah, it, it's not like super strict. You still can, you know, do a lot with it. So, yeah. Simon, are you about to start doing it, or are you already doing it? And if you are doing it, you know, uh, what are what do you feel like? What what is your feedback? I'm I'm kind of curious. Just yeah, I know that this is something I've heard before. Like, uh, who is the guy? Sean Baker. Say it again. Sean Baker. Yeah, Sean Baker. Yeah, him, Rogan, Mark Bell, they've all done carnivore carnivore for a long time. Or, or Baker's been there. Sure, carnivore January, so it's like, a carnivore month. Yeah, but they Sean Baker's been doing it for, what, since 2018, just about? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the first few days on it, it, it is uh, you're, there is a radical change in your gut microbiome, and it causes you to have some really uh, explosive, explosive poops. It depends on the person. Yeah, that's what I heard. It depends on a person, but for most part, yes, that's what I heard. But here, here's the thing, like, you know, I mean, um, when it comes to health, uh, I'm not saying it's not healthy. It's not that. Um, but, you know, I heard from, uh, from Joe Rogan again that he did lose fat. He did feel great and all that, and he felt strong and lean and whatnot. And I would not dispute that. Very, very possible. Mm -hmm. My question is, what about after a month, how would 
the health issue be like in terms of cholesterol and and stuff like that i mean again i i, I didn't reduce my red meat but this is probably red meat on a daily basis pretty aggressive um you know i'm just curious about like would it affect the cholesterol levels and health or no you don't have to eat red meat no, 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 I, I know, but the thing is, to be honest with you, I would not be able to eat, like, chicken that much or fish. I mean, fish, is it part of it? No, I don't think fish of course. is part of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's an animal, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm not a big fan of fish unless it's, like, fucking sashimi or something like that, so I'm not a big fan of, of fish. Uh, so for me, it would be mostly chicken, bison, and beef, and lamb. I like lamb, too. So that would be, but, I mean, lamb and beef probably Anderson. would be... Venison is fine too. Yeah, those those things are fine. Yeah, you uh, still get a lot of good meat, man. Because mm. people don't don't get it. For example, if you will if you will get some like chicken livers or like you know even the beef liver, you know you can eat different cuts of 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 animal and they're so damn good. You know, it's so, it's so interesting to listen to Lucas because he says the things that I'm kind of so so used to it because we come from the same area like i i just had beef liver last night and i remember like you know talking to to american friends when it comes to like liver and stuff like that and they make faces that it's disgusting and gross it's actually very funny and lucas like says it so casually liver and stuff and i, I like that stuff yeah it's uh it, yeah it's all kind of regional like new orleans cuisine they do something called dirty rice where you take all like the chicken gizzards and giblets and all the other stuff like all the other parts of the chicken and you cook that down and it's it's it's, it's peasant food it's like that, that's the kind of stuff you would grow up eating or they would always have i thought it was fucking disgusting when i was a little kid but you kind of come around to it when you get older and your taste buds get a little bit more mature with things um y'all ever had alligator blackened alligator i had alligator once yeah it's good it's so good I never had it because it's like it's yeah, not there's no gators. Here. <laughs> there's no gators in Poland. I remember, I remember, like I had some ostrich and uh, kangaroo meat, and it was fucking delicious. See, I never had that. I want to. Yeah, but it's super lean, you know. So, what about horse meat? Have you ever tried it? I did. I did. I would try it. I've never tried it yet, but I've I've tried goat before. I've tried goat kidneys, which were interesting. Yeah. Chicken hearts, I've had. Um, I've had some other weird foods before. Fish heads, fish eye, like the eyeball of a fish. Ooh. Uh, yeah. That's, a, that's, on my, that's on my daily basis as far as I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's some fun stuff. Uh, I eat a lot of fish. Last call for any comments, questions from the peanut gallery tuning in. Uh, meanwhile, we interrupt this uh, broadcast to remind you to subscribe to the Stack 3D podcast and leave Shane a, a quality high mark review is not higher than the final scoop or else we have to kick his lordship off because if he beats us in the algorithm he'll have hell to pay or we have to read in the podcast the shane plus the three knuckleheads podcast and see his uh the stack would be beating us <laughs> i tried uh snake meat once i had snake steak or whatever that, that was pretty good I, I mean i liked it a lot i thought it tasted a little bit more like closer to beef surprisingly but um I saw on YouTube, somebody sent me a link and a bunch of, um, I mean, Russians, but it's like from a Southern area, uh, region, they were, it wasn't a snake. I don't know what kind of snake I had. I know it was a snake, but I don't know what kind. Um, but they were actually having a giant cobra. They actually skinned it. And I saw it on, 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 on YouTube, they skinned it and they made it in like, like shish kebabs. Yeah. 
and uh, the feedback was like they they liked the flavor but they didn't like um the the texture of meat because they said that it was a little bit uh rubbery and chewy because the cobra is so muscular and yeah. uh, doesn't have any fat on it it was very very interesting to see uh, to see and the snake that i had definitely was a much smaller snake because the steak itself was like very kind of like long and thin and the Mind, is it a micro snake or is it normal is it, <laughs> it, it was uh and it was the meat was literally like uh like 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 steak i mean that mm -hmm. the, the color and everything else but the cobra surprisingly when i saw it it looked more like chicken hmm. the meat was very like bright like like light and color yeah fascinating mm. nope, i have yet to have snake gator goat I haven't had horse I had bear. I had bear. I tried bear meat. I haven't tried. I've done wild boar. I've had nutria, which is another like Louisiana. It's like peasant food. Like it's an invasive species that came down from Canada and came down to like populated the, the woods and all that stuff. And so it's basically open season on nutria. These giant like super sized swamp rats that infest southern Louisiana. And I had uh, this Cajun coon ass teacher that was uh, my fluids teacher at LSU. And he had some of the students at the end of the semester. He said, hey, I'm going to grill something. And we're outside at the barbecue. And he's just cooking all this meat, flipping it over on the barbecue pit. And his wife's cooking jambalaya inside. And he's just here. He's like, here, I said, try this, try this. And it looks like chicken or some other kind of like normal protein you'd see on the grill. And we're eating this. And we're saying, God damn, this is really good. And he said, yeah, it's Nutria. And you, you almost want to throw up because you know what those little fuckers look like and what they do. Uh, but, man, it's good. It's really good food. Is it like very lean? Yeah, yeah, it was very lean. I mean, I had wild boar a few times, and I absolutely loved it. And, you know, everybody says that it tastes like pork. To me, it didn't taste like pork. It tasted better. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it more. Bear, I did not like. That was like fucking, you, you could break your teeth. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> That's what these things are. <laughs> you, know what this, you know what this reminds me of? Robbie's dog. <laughs> yeah i don't know if i could eat. i mean i pretty much would probably try anything but it was it good robert yeah it was great yeah. they made it in jambalaya and he also grilled some of it but yeah man he also liked to hunt uh yeah so yeah it's a furry little fucker this fucker alive looks bad but yeah it would be like grilled and like no. Listen, I, I tried no. frog, frog leg, and I loved it. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Yeah, that's a uh, bastard, man. There's a lot in Louisiana? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah they've been there for a long time. You can hunt them, bitches? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're rats. They're invasive species that, you know, go and just tear shit up. But they're not sold, like, in a store or anything like that. No, yeah. you just got to go hunt them. What I would like to do is what Branch does is get a helicopter and just get one of those like assaults. <laughs> he goes and just mow them bitches down. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh man. All right, guys. Any closing thoughts before we uh, hit the conclude button on the podcast for today? That was a fun episode, and let's hope that two two twenty two will be awesome for us all. We were. We will hit episode one hundred in twenty one weeks. So, oh, damn. let the countdown start. Time flies. 
Yes. Uh, thank you, my friends, for joining us. For all listeners tuning in the live stream, thank you very much. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share the video with family and friends. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or any other podcast producing platform if you enjoy what we're doing here. Uh, if you're catching this on the replay, you got a topic of conversation you would like us to address on a future Final Scoop, uh, send me an email, supplementengineer@gmail.com. Leave a comment down below in the section, the comment section, or uh, hit up Robbie, Lucas, or Shane at their uh, respective points of contact. And for the big, sweet Hot. discount, and you're interested in using Apollo Nutrition Supplement, use code FINALSCOOP. And remember uh, yes. to subscribe to the Stack 3D podcast. All right, guys. Be good. See you yeah, next time. Happy on. New Year. Final Scoop. Much love and Happy New Year.